Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens, and we're going to continue our series on the blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights recently released by the White House and the Office of Standards and Technology. Um, and in this episode, we're going to be focusing on the uh, right to data privacy. And I'm going to start this episode by quoting directly from the, the White House release on this, because I thought that this was just a really nice summary. The impact of all this data harvesting is corrosive, breeding distrust, anxiety, and other mental health problems, chilling speech, protest, and worker organizing, and threatening our democratic process. And although this, end quote, although this seems dramatic, right? This is this is heavy language. This is this is very strong language. I really do feel that the majority of our protections around data harvesting, around data privacy, around the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning, particularly in healthcare se setting, a lot of the protections that we discuss really boil down to this, right? It's uh, it, in many ways it is all about data privacy. What can I expect to be done with my data? What are my rights to have my data either part of the marketplace or not part of the marketplace? And what can I do if I change my mind? So let me start this episode by being very clear about my own personal biases, right? Because I am one person, I am bringing to this a, a whole like backpack full of history and, and reading and thoughts and feelings. And at this point in time, in August of 2023, um, I am far more on the tinfoil hat extreme privacy side than I am on the open book side. And I, and I want to be clear a bit about the reasons for that. I don't, I don't have anything to hide. Um, I just don't like my life that I'm normally living, going about my business, caring for my children, doing my work at work. I don't like that that is generating value for somebody else without my knowledge or my clear consent. And I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't step back and say, okay, well, ethically speaking, the obvious ethical question is if I don't know that my that other people are benefiting off of my actions, that people are harvesting my data and using it to generate value, um, and if it's not coming back to hurt me personally and to hurt my family, am I actually harmed? You know, it, it, I don't I don't like it. I'm free to feel however I want to feel, right? But am I actually harmed? Could I? Could I demonstrate damages? Is this really something that should be stopped just because I don't like it? And I want to be very clear, right? My personal opinion would, is that I would like a chance to opt out of most data collection. That does not mean that I am advocating for policies which should stop data harvesting entirely, right? My choices are my own for me as an individual. Um, policies that we make for the broader healthcare industry or for industry in general, very different thing, right? People ought to be able to opt into the sharing of their data. I ought to be able to change my mind tomorrow if I want and say, you know what? Actually, here, have at it. Have my whole search history. Have my entire medical record. Here's some DNA for you if you want it. Like, that's cool. It should be my informed choice as a consumer. So having been very clear about both my personal and my policy standpoints on this, um, I, I would argue that the unknowing harvesting of data and the unknowing use of that information to generate algorithms, to set policies, to drive decision making does actually harm us as a collective, even if it doesn't harm any particular individual, even if I am not harmed, the, the scraping of that data does harm us as a society. Um, to have a, a, a public and a private face, right? That's something that people have been doing for as long as there have been people. Um, the 
There's two things that are really different though about our current data landscape. So I leave data behind me everywhere. When I move through the world, I leave data. I carry a cell phone um, that tracks my, you know, my location. It may be it's listening to my ambient stuff. It may be connecting to Wi-Fi and Target and tracking my shopping. It may be linked, you know, like there's a lot of information that my cell phone is gathering on me. Um, I am not wearing my running watch today, but under normal circumstances, my running watch is tracking my steps around the house. Um, I, I would like to be able to understand where my trail of data is able to be turned off, right? So are, are the audience for whom I am performing my public face, right? My public life that I am living, that is no longer just the people who can see my physical presence, right? That is the worldwide community in which I am interacting. That is people on the internet. That is corporations on the internet. That is uh, groups whose sole purpose is to slurp data out of my, out of my devices and out of my surroundings. Um, and to make sure that I am, you know, just one more row in their big, beautiful database uh, full of information. So the, the public sphere has grown to include both corporations and people, to, to include groups that cannot see your physical presence, right? You are leaving a trail of data when you move through the internet as well as when you move through actual physical space. But more importantly, right, we talked previously about the public and the private sphere, right? You put on your nice clothes, you go out in public, you make polite small talk, you come home, you relax, you put on your sweatpants and you say what you really think. Um, without significant effort, Maintaining a private sphere is nearly impossible. Um, I, I like to joke that if I could, I would set my house inside a Faraday cage. Um, my phone, for example, will record my idle curiosity about James Garfield and how old he was when he died. And it will give that the exact same level of weight as it did my research for this particular podcast or my uh, Googling of, hey, that grocery store near me, what are its open hours? What are the locations of the library? All of that information is weighted. There is no more idly wondering things. Everything is part of the record. So I would love to have a place to go where I can not leave that broad trail of data behind me as I move through the world. Um, and now you know why I love backpacking, right? And I love writing by hand because the, these things are, are limited to just where you are, right? When you are backpacking, often you are out of cell phone service. When I, when I was, um, uh, when I went out, <clears throat> excuse me, when I went on recent backpacking trips, there was no communicating with anybody but the group that I was in. Um, if I write a letter by hand and I put it in the mail, it is actually protected by federal, uh, federal laws until it reaches its recipient, at which point its recipient is free to do whatever she or he wants to do with it. Healthcare has traditionally been a place where that data is more regulated. Um, this new technology, though, is blurring those lines. And so I have some recommendations to move forward so that we can continue to reap the benefits of all of this innovation without compromising our obligations to our patients and to ourselves. Um, those recommendations are pretty straightforward as follows. We need to simplify and tighten the broad consents for the use of data. What is the most frequent lie told in today's world? I have read and agreed to the terms and conditions. So when you receive healthcare, you sign a broad notice of privacy practices that lays out pretty clearly actually what the what Cleveland Clinic or any other healthcare provider will and will not do with your data. It is a lovely pamphlet. 
It is written by, I, I assume, a, a group of like 30 lawyers and committee. And even being a person who is interested in data and in research and in protections and a person with a relatively high reading comprehension, I can't, I, I, I could not give you verbatim what that notice of privacy practices says. I know what it boils down to, right? It says that Cleveland Clinic has the right to use my data that I generate for research, quality assurance, education purposes, and other uses as may be disclosed to me. Um, but I feel like that broad consent could be made much more simple and much tighter. I would like to have it explicitly explained to me what, for example, quality improvement might be. Um, we need to be thinking really clearly, and this is recommendation number two, um, we need to define that data scope upfront, maybe not for the patients. But when we when we are thinking about data collection uh, from the perspective of a healthcare organization, we need to define that data scope upfront, and we need to clearly link it to the outcomes. Right? If I'm a patient signing the notice of privacy practices, and you're telling me that you're going to use my data for quality assurance and continuous improvement, I would love to know that that continuous improvement may have benefits for me as a patient, and not just for the financial health of the organization, which is not nothing, but it does change my internal calculus of how I feel about about donating that data. Um, recommendation number three, uh, we want to normalize patient audits of how their data was used and disclosed. So you do have the right as a patient to request an accounting of how your data has been used and disclosed. I think healthcare organizations can do a lot more to educate patients about this right and to support them as they seek this information. We also, as a corollary to this, need to clearly define processes for opting out of data use. If I want to go into the hospital and I want to, I want to, I just want to receive healthcare. I don't want to participate in any research. I don't want to donate my data for the use of quality improvement or whatever. We need to make sure that patients know how that they how they can do that, and then we need to hold ourselves accountable to make sure that if I say no, please don't use my data, that my data really truly is not used. Um. We need to follow privacy and security best practices in all cases. Um, so we, for research, you know, there is a standard called the Institutional Review Board that looks very carefully at patient data requests um, from an ethical perspective. Uh, we need to make sure that we are applying similar constraints for all data harvesting uh, in all use cases. And we need to make sure that we're limiting the scope of our data gathering to protect our human rights and our democratic values. And this is really interesting, right? Because um, there are companies out there, and I, I've had a couple of demos with some of these companies actually, that want to put videos and microphones in our operating rooms. They want to gather uh, surgery data as it is being generated. They want to watch the OR. They want to use this to identify efficiencies. They want to use it to improve documentation. They want to use this to make sure that we have a record for compliance. Like There are so many interesting uses for this data. Let me be clear. Cleveland Clinic has not done this. Cleveland Clinic probably will not do this in, in the near future, right? This is not operating technology at any Cleveland Clinic facility. But what's interesting is that those hypothetical cameras and microphones that I saw in this demo, they're capturing everything. And surgeries, like a routine surgery, I've had two C-sections that I was awake for, so I know like uh, an OR can be a chatty place. What happens if your nurses are union and they're discussing union business? What happens if you know you're having sensitive conversations or HR-based conversations at that time? You know, we want to make sure that we're that we're we're not gathering data that we don't need to, and that the data that we don't need is compromising our ability to just to be human American citizens. 
one last final note because this is this is running way late and I have I have many more thoughts on this. So this will be a a a a discussion to be continued for sure. But for us as patients, be careful about the apps that you are using to gather your health information. Anything that is not regulated by HIPAA, so anything that isn't my chart or anything that isn't issued by your doctor is not playing by the same rules. So for example, if I am using a, a an app to track my food intake to make sure that I am getting the, regu- the recommended amount of fiber and fruits and vegetables, that app is not playing by HIPAA rules. It can slurp and sell my data to anybody it wants to. It'll know that I have a giant weakness for fresh peaches right now. I'm sure that the farmer's market that buys the data will be delighted to hear about this.